There's that song we all know and love. Blau und weiß ein Leben lang. Hallo meine Lieben, wie geht's? Willkommen auf unserem ersten Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast. At least I haven't heard of another Schalke Podcast in English. So until someone tells me otherwise, I'm keeping that moniker. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Let me start off by thanking you for tuning into our show. Shaka fans are some of the greatest fans in the world, as we all know, many of whom speak English. So it is finally time you get to hear all the good coming out of Velton's Arena from an English voice. If you're looking for a Bundesliga podcast, you've come to the wrong place, my friends. I'm only going to talk about Shaka. If you need a Bundesliga podcast to listen to, I can recommend a couple. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues. Talk to English-speaking fans of the club and get their point of view and bring you game highlights each and every week. We will also pick up articles on the club and talk a little bit about them. Since this is our first podcast, we're going to keep it a little short. There's two big points I want to talk about so far this summer, and we're going to hit them in this podcast. Firstly, Klaas Jan Huntelaar leaving Schalke. Now, I don't know about you guys how you feel on him, but I think he's a club legend, an icon. He's one of the most severely underrated strikers in the world. I've always said that he's never, he never got his fair shot. At Ajax, he was a goal-scoring machine. When he went to Real Madrid, didn't get a fair shake there. Transferred to Milan, he didn't get a fair shake there as well. It wasn't really until he got, got to uh, to the Schalke that he actually got his, his opportunity. And boy, did he deliver. Uh, he joined Schalke in 2010, so in the seven years he was with Schalke, he played 175 games, scoring 82 goals. That goal-to-game ratio was unbelievable. That's a, that's a very good ratio. Any striker would love to have that. Another quick mention to hit is in 2011-2012 season, 29 goals in 34 games. That's nearly a goal per game. That year he ended up winning the uh, scoring title in the Bundesliga, becoming the first Dutch player to win to do though to do so again here's a little clip from uh you know Schalke had a nice uh, farewell for him on his last game at home and here's a little clip of uh interview that he had emotional moment of course after seven years the goodbye was uh, was was emotional to to walk around to see the people um, we always played for yeah this is the club who has a lot of fans uh, who always come to training and uh, it's open. You're close to, uh, to, the, to the football players, and we are close to the fans. Yeah, you, you get a connection with the, with the people and uh, with the club. Then it's emotional after after seven years to, to leave the club. Once again, what can I say about the guy? Klaas Jan Huntelaar is one of my favorite players for Schalke, no doubt. He's definitely an icon. Uh, I'd like to hear what you guys think about that. You know, I failed to mention this in the opening, but you can reach us on Twitter at so4 underscore podcast. Uh, so reach out to us there. Tell us what you think about Klaasian Huntelaar. Am I the only one who thinks he's a club icon, a club legend? Or, or do you think less of him? Shoot me a message on there. Let me know. Tell me what you think. You know, moving on, other stories, you know. Yes, Huntelaar leaving was very big. But some other big news came, you know. Finally, the dismissal of uh, Marcus Weinzierl. Much overdue. In my opinion, I mean, I was hopeful at the beginning of the last season. I talked about, there's, I wrote, I penned an article on World Football Index about our new new manager coming in. Um, but before I get to his name, 
Um, last season, you know, coming from Augsburg, Van Ziel was uh, a little bit of a wild card. Yes, he had some good results in the past, but his most recent season at Augsburg, they finished 12th. In my opinion, that's not good enough. Schalke has had some fantastic managers in the past. And lately, it seems that they're just picking names out of a hat because they don't know what to do themselves. Well, I'm sorry. That's not how you do it. Find a quality manager that can exploit the, the talent that the team has. The team has a lot of talent. But they're just picking guys just out of randomly hoping that they're going to have success. That's not how it's going to work. I'm sorry. So I was willing to give Vangel an opportunity. And that that hope that I was that was you know I was I was hoping that's what it was that he would do well that lasted all about five games starting 0 and five the team continued to play poorly got off to the worst start in their history I've been calling for his head for since the beginning of the season um, but finally Chaka in March or at the end of the season uh, fired him which big applause about time I, I've been calling like I said all season long and they signed 31 year old. Domenico Tedesco to be their new manager. Wait, who? So the article that I wrote for World Football Index is called Domenico Tedesco, Julian Nagelsmann 2.0. Yes, uh, Nagelsmann is a big name to live up to. Uh, As we all know, last year with Hoffenheim, he had a fantastic breakthrough season, uh, became uh, German coach of the year. Uh, It really came out of the blue. Uh, Tedesco... Yes, he's not. He's, he has way more pressure than at Schalke than uh, Nagelsmann has had at uh, Hoffenheim. But they came from similar backgrounds. Um, they really didn't play or manage professionally on a top tier team until the teams are currently on now. Uh, both were uh, both were actually at um, Hoffenheim's U19 team together. Uh, Nagelsmann was a coach. Tedesco was an assistant. Um, Tedesco came up through the ranks. He, I mean, he started out Stuttgart and worked his way from the U8s to the U17s, went to Hoffenheim, to U17, to U19. Because obviously Tedesco wasn't going to get anywhere else at Hoffenheim because Nagelsmann and his assistants were doing so fantastic on the first team. It's funny because Eisenberg Auch ended up having you know their relegation battle uh, in Bundesliga 2. And they, need, they had 11 games to go. They are dead last in the table and they needed something. Well, their president... You know, he saw what was going on at Hoffenheim, saw what Tedesco was doing, and thought he'd take a chance. Tedesco revolutionized the team over there at Au. They ended up saving themselves from relegation. I think his team ended up having five clean sheets out of the 11 games they played. They played very attacking style. Um, the formation is very similar to Nagelsmann in the, in the sense that when they're attacking, they're in a 3-6-1 formation. I guess they started out a 3-4-3. I get when they have possession and attacking, it goes to a 3-6-1. Uh, when they lose possession, it, it drops back to a 5-3-1. Um, it's very compact. Um, and I think that's good for Schalke because they need some structure. They played way too sloppy. Yes, they had games where they scored full, four goals against, you know, Munchen Gladbach and, and, and Leverkusen. But then they go and lose, like, teams like, well, Freiburg had a fantastic season, but they lose to Darmstadt. They lose to other teams that they shouldn't, they had no, no reason to be losing to them. Schalke was plagued with injuries, yes. But still, the team, Weinzierl did not have a way to control this team. You know, his rift with Konoplyanko was widely publicized. So, you know, this Tedesco should bring some structure to this team that they've been missing for a long, long time. 
And as we all know, Schalke hasn't had any kind of silverware since 2011 when they won the DFB Pokal. So I think this is a good hiring. What are your thoughts on Dominica Tedesco? Once again, you know, reach out to me at SO4 underscore podcast on Twitter. Tell me what you think. I love the signing. At first, I was skeptical like you guys. I didn't know who he was. But I've been reading, reading a lot about him, doing a lot of research on him, about the kind of guy he is. And I think he's going to be perfect for the job. Hopefully, he is, uh, he's got some good luck, you know, right on his side. You know, then he had a, you know, they had the press conference recently. It was two days ago. Uh, some of the quotes from his, from his press conference, you know, he said, I want to get to know the staff, the team, and the structure here first. For me, that's the foundation for a successful job. And I agree. You know, the reason he was so successful at Eisenberg Al is because he was able to relate to the players and they bought into his system. He made, he made no one feel like that, like he was better, bigger than them. He made everyone feel equal. And because of that, guys were able to jump, jump on his bandwagon and give, every, give it all. He talks a little about Konoplyanko in his press conference. He said, I've met with Konoplyanko. The first impressions were positive. It all starts from scratch with me for him, meaning everyone's at a clean slate. So everyone can make a fresh impression. Nothing that happened in the season past is going to weigh on, on what he, what he, uh, how he looks at the team going forward. Looking at other things, uh, you know, a lot of people are comparing him to Nagelsmann like I am. And he says, you know what? The comparison with Nagelsmann doesn't bother me. We got our coaching badges together, and I tip my hat to his work. In case you didn't know, they both went to, uh, in 2016, they went to the, the, the world, the famous German Academy for coaching to get their licenses. Nagelsmann obviously got his license, became coach of the year the, the following season. But well, how did Tedesco do, you wonder, right? He finished top of the class, way ahead of Nagelsmann. So, you know, that's why comparisons are so strong with him because they came out of the same place. They, they, they were the same team together, Hoffenheim managing. So they're very similar um, in that respect. Uh, let's see what other let's see what other quotes I can find. Um, let's look here. And another thing he said was, "There's no doubt our focus is on securing a European spot." Absolutely, Schalke belongs in a European spot. They should believe in, believe in a Champions. They belong in a Champions League spot, in my opinion. But they, they still got a ways to go. Go teams like Hoffenheim, Cologne, Leipzig. There's a lot of teams in the way now. Freiburg, you know, Freiburg had a fantastic season. They finished in sixth place. Obviously, Bayern München and, and Dortmund are always going to be there. So Schalke have some work to do, but I think first step is to get to Europa League and then go from there. Build a, build a strong team. So I'm hopeful for the season coming up. Um, like I said, the next days and weeks and as news progresses throughout the summer, we're going to be here for you guys, giving you the latest. All right? So... Until the next one, next podcast comes, stay ready, and I'll be with you soon. Ciao.